welcome to another episode of the Learning Screen Podcast. Today's guests are Garrett and Christine Cooper. They're the developers of Black Ice, a uh, first-person shooter set in a cyberpunk world with uh, online multiplayer and a Diablo-like inventory system and a bunch of crazy neon lights and disco balls that shoot lasers. I had a really good time talking to Christine and Garrett about the game and about its development, how they feel about Steam's early access process since they're on since Black Ice is on there right now, uh, and the influences for the game and uh, just about their uh, gaming background in general. If you want to check out Black Ice the game, like I said, it's on Steam. You can get it right now. You can also check out their Twitter at Black Ice the Game, and um, you can check out the website at superdupergc.com. Uh, I hope you enjoy the episode. From Corpus Christi. Yes. yes, we actually met in elementary school. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Fourth grade. And yeah. We, we dated, you know. Yep. Mm-hmm. He was my first little boyfriend. Yep. And then another little girl told me that uh, that they kissed, and she only said that to make me upset. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was true, so we didn't talk for like thirteen years. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then on our and then she was working date, in a Barnes and Noble, yeah. and I he yeah. came in, and yeah, we oh, you know, let's catch up and get coffee or something. And yeah, like towards the end of the first date, I was like, why did you kiss her? And he was like, that never happened. It, I was like, oh, I swear okay. to God. I've only hated you my whole life. But sorry. You realize that if it had happened, I could never admit it. Like That's, whoa. <laughs> now you're dropping the bomb on me. Seriously, though, that never happened. She's your secret wife. Like no. you have a whole family with her. I do. I do. would yeah. be really impressive at this point if you could still pull that off. Mm-hmm. So at the time, did you also go through like high school and middle school? Um, we went to different middle schools, different high schools. Um, right. I moved. Uh, our hometown is big, but it's not that big. Uh, so I still knew like what he was up to. He dated a friend of mine in high school and okay. still heard his name in circles and things like that. But no, I don't think we ever, I don't think I saw you ever again through middle school and high school. Not that I remember. I think maybe once or twice in middle school. Something like that. But yeah, yeah no, we didn't hang out or anything like that. So, Were both of you uh, into video games when you were kids or anything like that? Yeah, big time. Um, <laughs> yes. I think that's like one of my earliest memories was we had an, uh, an NES and we had a big cardboard box of games and we had tons of games. But they were all these really weird games that nobody... The bargain bin games? Yeah, was playing. And I was talking to my best friend about this the other day in, like, regards to books. Is like, I grew up really poor, so all the books we had growing up were, like, books that were given to us or, like, secondhand books. So you end up with things that, like, nobody wants. And it was the same way with video games. It was a box from, I think, my uncle had just given us all of his old games. So it was these weird... Like, it wasn't Mario. We had Mario. But it was, like, it was weird, like solstice and like we had a golgo 13 game and all these things that like nobody was really into so my first like games that i remember were really weird (laughs) and just like (laughs) random and yeah yeah, strange sort of games my dad used to do that sort of thing for christmas where he you know there's a bargain bin at you know comp usa or wherever it was (laughs) 
and he would just buy me like six terrible games out of there and um but then you know he also tried to like i asked for mario because all my friends had mario and i just had computers growing up and they were you know hand-me-down work computers and so he got me mario and i started playing it and i was like dad i don't think that other people had to hit like certain keys on the keyboard to make mario jump like this one's an a and that one's an s and that one's an r and he was like no i mean it's just because it's a keyboard well it was mario teaches typing it was a completely different game he tricked you he did and well i mean i didn't buy it like (laughs) you knew better right and so i only had educational games like that was the rule for the longest time um so i had math blaster and um reader rabbit uh i think we had carmen san diego um is that educational geography i guess yeah okay um but then my dad got the shareware version of Wolfenstein for me. And he was like, well, it was free. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't, doesn't need to apply it doesn't, to yeah. yeah. He was like, you, you said we could only buy not educational, educational games. games. And, you know, World War II education, I guess. You know, we, when we killed Mecha Hitler. And, mm-hmm. uh, yep. Yeah, and I've been playing shooters ever since then. <laughs> so, yeah, went from that. And, you know, eventually we got Duke Nukem. And then I couldn't believe that PC Gamer had rated Quake as higher than Duke Nukem. I was like, nothing can beat Duke, Duke Nukem. It's so amazing. And, you know, Duke Nukem had gotten like a 93 and Quake had gotten like a 94, right? And I just could not believe that. So, you know, even as a... Did you write a letter? I don't know how old it was. To what, the editor? When did that come out? Like 95? It was probably like 10? Right? When did Quake come out? 92? I don't know. I wasn't a PC kid. I was a console kid. Anyway, <laughs> I had that I had that nerd rage. Going. <laughs> you got it early, way too Never early, left. and yeah, it, no, it left. So Wolfenstein was a pretty important. Game. We played a lot of Wolfenstein, I and mean, we cheated because we were terrible at it. Um, and we used to take turns, and one of my friends who was several years younger than us, and we were young, we were like, "All right, well, the fairest way we could think of was you play for three lives." And of course, my friend's terrible at this game because he's like four or whatever. <laughs> and so he would die really quickly. And we'd be like, well, it's our turn. And he was like, but you guys have been playing for so long. And <laughs> be better at games. Yeah, he cried and left. Like, <laughs> I felt, I feel bad like in retrospect, but before I was at just, time, I it was just could not understand what was going on. <laughs> and uh, yeah, played a lot of Wolfenstein, played a lot of Quake, a lot of Quake 3. And high school, there was a lot of Diablo 2. <laughs> And those not a fan of Diablo. Quake three and Diablo two were really, really big for me. Um, At the time, did you think? Did either you think about uh, making games or wanting to? Yes. So for, for Christmas, my parents got me like a make your own game thing, but it was super complicated and not aimed at my age group. And you know, it was like probably C plus plus, and it was talking about like you know maya and stuff like that like it was it was really complicated and i tried to get into it and it came with software and i just i could not do it and i kind of gave up after that yeah um i don't blame you that sounds pretty bad. yeah it was awful and that that's why like unity has been so fantastic because it's really easy and there's youtube User tutorials probably. and yeah and then i did actually i started making games in sixth grade um i was in like algebra and we had graphing calculators. Mm-hmm. And all my friends had TI-83s. 
which had Mario on it. So again, I was I was not having Mario. <laughs> <laughs> it's going back. It's theme. It is. Yeah. And uh, I really wanted to play Mario, but I couldn't get it online. So I figured out that you could actually download the source code for a lot of games and then punch it in <laughs> into other versions of uh, of the calculators. I had a TI eighty six, and uh, well, you couldn't do it for Mario because that one was actually like compiled and everything. Um, you could do it with some of the more basic games, like there were little racing games and there was like a Drug Wars kind of game. Yeah, um, Drug Wars. Yeah. yeah. Taking it back now. Right. And so I I would copy those and then I started trying to like mess with them. And that's kind of like I had to look up. I had the like the programming language like API <laughs> Like this giant book that came with the calculator that actually showed you like what all the TI basic commands did. And so that's how I learned any programming at all. Mm -hmm. That was where I started. And then, you know, in college, they taught me how to actually program. <laughs> yeah, I'm the opposite. I never thought about making games, never wanted to make games. It was always just kind of one of those jobs that people did who weren't me right. or anybody I know, like. Not not like a celebrity, but it's just like oh, people who make games like, like weird they were scene. yeah, like a weird yeah, like a weird non-existent yeah. like writing movies too that sort of thing. Um, Fighting dragons. Yeah, like <laughs> well, sure, kind of making dragons. Mythical. Yep, but no, it was never anything I thought about doing or wanted to do. Um, I have an English degree. I was a, I used to be a, a high school English teacher. So that's kind of where I came from writing. And that's what I do now with, with Black Ice. I write for the game. And so it's, you know, I, I kind of like morphed what I always wanted to do into what I'm doing now, which is good that I was able to do that. It's fulfilling. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so was Black Ice the first game you two started to work together on? Or like first work on other together? Games? Yeah, definitely. Um, Garrett started working on it when we moved to California and he hates that I explain it this way, but it was at the point where if I wanted him to pay attention to me, I had to get involved with black ice. Like that was all he was doing. And I was like, okay, well it's either sit over here by myself or try and help with black ice. And so it kind of started that way. And I could see he was starting to get overwhelmed and it was too much for something that's, a hobby like it wasn't his day job and it was something he started doing for fun and then it started to get bigger and, and more stressful so I was like okay what can I help with you know I at the time I wasn't teaching in California so I didn't have a job at all so it's like give me something to do and he did and, <laughs> and he gave me tasks and then there were more tasks and then more things to do and then and then it became my full-time job so yeah it just kind of slowly trickled mm -hmm. until it became a career so <laughs> she nice. so she runs the newly formed super duper game company yep we just formed the company so that's that's me i'm ceo or god king i'm not sure what i'm gonna put on the i like god part. king god king's pretty good yeah that's a yeah, good one that might be a good one yeah. it's cooler sounding it's uh i've got a god king book over there there you uh, go i'll just tear that off and no. use that as my, <laughs> as my as my business card but yep first game we've ever yeah, I mean, I've made little games before and, like, like on my calculator. The oh, yeah, the Android. Remember that game? Yeah, the I did. Game? But before that, yeah, like, as soon as I learned data structures in college, I was like, oh, cool. These are, like, 
actual objects you know i mean it was code objects and i was like cool so i'll make like items and so i made like a sword and it had damage on it mm-hmm. and i made like a kind of pokemon kind of game that you could increase your stats and stuff and it was all text-based and terrible i and... liked that that android game you made the... oh and then the android game that's yeah. the one i'm thinking of well but that one like i tried to build it on like the base android like api with mm-hmm. no engine no framework or anything and so i was like having to figure out how to render all the sprites individually and it just it became spaghetti code and it it got ridiculous and i had to give up on that that was pretty cute though you could fight little green weren't there green blobs in it yeah i didn't help there I had nothing to do with that game. <laughs> I just watched scorpions. I kind of kind of You kind of had a sword, Ugh. but you didn't move to hit them. You just kind of like walked at them. Oh yeah, there was no animation. Yeah, it was all. all sprites that I got for free from somewhere. Yeah, and yeah, did not make millions off that one. I didn't ever release it. <laughs> oh, oh, I didn't know that. I thought you did. Yeah, you did. You I mean, did? I had it on I my phone. I thought it was on. I thought it was on the App Store. No. Oh well, no wonder we didn't make millions. Release it now from mm. the creator of Black Eyes. Yep, people will love it. Mm-hmm. I guess what's the? I only watch videos of Black Eyes. Can you tell me kind of the premise of the game? So she's better at the elevator. At the pitch. elevator pitch. Um, yep. So Black Eyes is a first-person uh, hacking game. I'm blanking on the elevator pitch because you put me on Whoa. the spot. Now I don't know. Oh. This is the one thing I'm like. Oh, the you're best getting at. red. I know. Like, are those... Oh no. Are those hives? How do I describe? I know. I just freak. Have a seizure. Um, so it's a it's a hacking game. You're in cyberspace. You're hacking the servers of large corporations. So it looks like a cityscape. Each building represents a different server that belongs to a corporation. Uh, you start hacking them, and they send out countermeasures to try and disrupt your hack. And that's represented by little spiders and scorpions and squid and sharks. Just neat little critters like that. And it's kind of like Borderlands meets Tron is our way of getting people to instantly get what we're going for. So super retro, very hackers, uh, lots of influences like that. A ton of puns, which that's all Garrett's responsibility. (laughs) I think it's way too many puns. Yeah, little crab-like enemies are called Ghost in the Shellfish. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, the web crawlers, uh, pop ups. They call pop ups or the little ones that jump. Oh God! So that's that's just the tip of the pun <laughs> iceberg. There's tons. Would you say it's influenced by stuff like Wolfenstein and those kind of games you grew up? With? Well, I was kind of going for the feel of Quake Three. Okay. Like I really like the the fluidity of movement, the um, the fast pace of the action. Um, and just making it fun to blow things up. Like, you know, when you kill something in Quake, you know, it makes the little hit sound and then there's lots of particles. And... Definitely a lot of particles in Black Eyes. Yeah. There's it's like confetti. It's like a, it's like you're, it's a celebration that you've killed something. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Hooray! It's dead now. It reminds me of a lot of like, when you said Tron, but like almost a rave quality to it. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's going back to like hackers. And that sort of like weird nineties. I I just like kind of silly lights. And... He does. He loves bright colors. He loves anything neon and glowing. Like not in this game. Like in real life. Like yeah. We're walking around. And he's like, look at that cool neon sign. Or look at those neat light up shoes. And fiber optics. I love yeah, fiber, fiber optics. optics um, all kinds of stuff. But it's definitely a lot of that. In That's Black like Eyes. why I love Disney World. 
because there's a lot of stuff like that. Do you think that um, has to do with also your engineering degree, maybe? or like... I mean, I've always liked techie sort of okay. stuff. Yeah. Um, and computers. I figured, you know, if I could get a day job making computers and everything runs on computers, therefore, if I make computers better, everything gets better. So that's that was kind of my philosophy. And wow, that's a good, that's that's really deep. That's really beautiful. Good job. <laughs> I make the world a better place. Yeah, that's kind of what I was going for. Good for you. But you know, games make people happy, mm-hmm. which is different. Yeah, the game has like a ton of systems in it. Like watching videos from it, like there's a lot of stuff going on in this game. Yes. Um, I guess what's what are all the systems and like can you sure i mean that's the diablo influence from it like i like i said i really did spend a lot of time playing diablo 2 i probably i played a lot of wow 2 in college Mm -hmm. and i think i still probably played more diablo 2 than wow um you played a lot of wow so now i'm afraid to think of how much yeah you played it's just not hitting me yeah so yeah, so I mean, I've got like a Diablo style item system where all the items are procedurally generated. There's different rarities of items. They have different affixes. There are unique items that have unique affixes. They do specific things like, um, you know, like you start with a regular like laser machine gun. And then there's another one that's called Reason, which is a reference to Snow Crash, um, where it's a laser machine gun but it also pierces through everything and has an extremely high attack rate um so that's fun rainbow guns yeah that that have a chance to colorize the enemy so enemies of different colors will attack each other uh drunk missiles yeah there's a uh, rise of the triad that's where i got drunk missiles from yeah there's a disco ball that you can send out that shoots lasers i don't know where i got that from but (laughs) i love it your love of Lights, probably. <laughs> shiny things. I like disco Your balls. love of shiny. But yeah, there's tons of yeah, weird so weapons. There's that. So you all of the items that you find in the game are also abilities that you can equip on your bar. And there's no, like, you don't have to have one weapon, one defensive item. It's like there's nine slots and you can put whatever you want in there. So you can do some really crazy builds. Like you can have all minions, you know, little enemies that follow you around and fight for you. Um, you can get a jetpack. You can do... Crazy stuff like that. Teleport. Yeah. And you can level up and get talent points, which make you a little bit better at, like, damage or how fast you hack so that there are less enemies to fight. And then more recently, I added a perk system, which is supposed to change the way that you play the game. So every 10 levels, um, up to level 30 right now, so you get three points, um, you get a perk that does something crazy. Like, you can get a... Uh, throwing disc weapon like from Tron Mm -hmm. Um, and there's a perk for it that's called discipline that lets you from that same weapon instead of throwing one and then it comes back and you catch it and you throw it again you can shoot five of them at once so you can have like a whole ton of discs in the air at the same time Um, or you can get um, let's see there's one that um, you do um, more damage if move, if you move forward, but less damage if you move backwards. Right. That's one I really like. Because a lot of people play our game running backwards and mm-hmm. shooting in front of them. Yeah. So that's a cool perk that'll give them a little bit of a bonus if they change the way they play, which is what right. we wanted with the perk system. Right. Getting people to change up how they're playing. Right. Keeping it interesting. 
and all of the choices that you make in the game in terms of your character are permanent choices. I mean, you can switch your items around, but you can't switch your perks. You can't switch your talent choices. And that was deliberate in part so that people can go back and make a different character um, and play the game again and experience it in a different way. But it's also because um, there's a weird psychological effect that I saw in the TED Talk once. Um, so maybe take this with a grain of salt. But um, there's a weird psychological effect where if you have a choice and you can't change the choice, then later when you're thinking about it, you're like, yeah, I totally made the right choice. Like I picked this painting over that one. Or I picked this talent over the other one. And you become attached to your choice and you convince yourself that it was the right choice. But if you can go back and change it, you will sit there and wonder and fret about it and think maybe I should have changed my choice. Did I make the right one? Should I change it? And you won't be nearly as happy about it. So that's why all the choices are permanent because I want people to be happy about it. And judging by, you know, throughout beta when I had to upgrade the save system and people would lose their characters, people got really attached to their characters. Mm -hmm. And it is a longer form RPG, so that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, of course, now the save system is much better and we don't lose characters anymore. <laughs> Which is good. Yeah. Is there a, like, goal you're going for with the game? Like, you're hacking this building? Yes. Is there... So there's one super giant building that's really difficult, and so you have to you have to get really high level and then hack that one, and it's got like a special the shark. There's one shark, and it flies around and it shoots missiles and it breaks the rules of the game in that every other enemy in the game you have to actually like start a hack and they'll react to you, but this one's proactive and it's actually hunting for you before you even start. So hacking. you kind of don't want to go to the end level area mm. unless you want to get a missile to the face right <laughs> yeah right and he definitely kills a lot of noobs but he's a surmountable obstacle so that when people get killed by him early and you don't lose much when you die so they'll come back i mean unless you're playing hardcore mode but then you learn pretty quick mm -hmm. um when you go back and you're actually able to defeat him it feels really really good <laughs> because he was such a huge obstacle mm hmm mm. Can you talk a bit about uh, the narrative of the game? Yeah, so um, right now we have our main character, Mako. Um, she's not in the game yet. Uh, yeah, you can't she, see her. You can't see her because um, it's first person, obviously. Um, but you will. And in, in multiplayer, in multiplayer have, you can't see her. Right, <laughs> you can't, not yet, but you will be able to. Um, so basically what I've been working on is how to write a story or narrative that's gonna that fits the game that Garrett's already made. Mm -hmm. You know, coming at it kind of late and you know, the Black Ice already has a feel and it has an, an established universe. You know, even without any narrative, any characters, you kind of already get a story just from walking around seeing you can read like what the corporations do mm. and it's always something bad it's all they're all evil they are. you know so so that's already established so i'm kind of working around an existing framework and that's that's been a really interesting challenge so it's kind of like how can i sort of just enhance the universe instead of like i don't want to do anything that's going to make Garrett have to change everything he's sure. already been working on. Yeah. Um like it's it's cyberpunk but it's not overly serious. Um that's that's I kind mean, of the big the thing puns. that yeah, the puns stuff and the colors and stuff. That's what we've both been 
you know, keeping in mind when we work on the game is a lot of cyberpunk is really like overly grimdark and sad and just like everything's awful and corporations are evil and and, in the black ice universe the corporations are evil but i we want it to still be fun and funny and like Mm -hmm. that sort of thing and and i was working on kind of like supporting text for black ice and it was like a twine story that i was releasing chapters for but i unfortunately abandoned because we were we moved back to texas in the so middle I put of it that, on the back yeah. burner because of that and then i've just failed to pick it back up and i need to um because there's only one chapter left um but i really wanted to make our character mako normal and somebody who you can you can picture her laughing at a joke you can picture her hugging somebody you can picture her smiling because you don't get a lot of that especially i feel like from women in the cyberpunk things that I've read, like it's very femme fatale and very like lone wolf. Like I don't, I don't need anybody and they're very hard. And I wanted to show somebody who's, she's, she's just a young girl and she, she's fun and you know, she's, she's good at what she does, but that doesn't mean she's sad. So that's where I'm coming from with, with her and I don't want to give away too much about the narrative, but I've been playing with the idea of, of her having a family, which is another thing that I feel like I'm talking to Eric about cyberpunk. And again, the whole lone wolf thing, like they don't always have friends. They don't always have a family, but I want her to have, you know, a family that she cares about and people that she can talk to and friends and buddies and, so that'll be people that you can threaten in the narrative i mean not necessarily that it could just be somebody that you know i'm not creating i'm not gonna fridge everyone but you know well yeah just just people that she can relate to and have that be relatable to our players Mm -hmm. somebody who feels a little bit more normal and less superhero-y right that's definitely what i'm going for I think a uh, a universe that you can imagine somebody pooping in is probably like more. Yeah, we listened <laughs> to a we listened to a podcast recently that said that. Well, I think it was movies specifically they were talking sure. about where the universe fails if you can't imagine the characters taking a shit, like it, it because you it, a, a good movie universe you can't picture that, and I I. Don't phrase it that way. I, I kind of like to, if, if I can imagine our character laughing, then I think I've succeeded at creating somebody who's human. <laughs> Certainly a less coarse way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. Are you sure you don't want to add, like, toilets to the game? I oh might now. Gosh. There might be an entire shitting system. There needs to be a lot of different that, options there. Yeah, right. that's that's the whole nother system. Put that on the Trello board. Put no, that on the to-do list. No, I'm not. <laughs> There's like... so much on there already. <laughs> that's true. I might... My players, I I love them. They love to give me like tons and tons of ideas because I mean it's cyberpunk and because it's set in a virtual universe in the game, nothing doesn't make sense to put there. Um, so you can you can put literally anything in there, which is why I've got disco balls that shoot lasers. Um, so people get really excited about that possibility space, and they just give me so many ideas that I will never be able. And to they see. run with it. They, yeah, like, yeah. Like I get, I get posts that are super long, um, and it's great. And you know, sometimes they have great ideas, but 
a lot of the time, there's no way in hell I'll be able to finish any of those in any reasonable amount of time. Because the game's on early access, right? Yes. yes. How has that process been? So it's good and good. it's bad, right? Yeah. Like, it's... There are people that say that they won't buy any game that's on early access, no matter what. We haven't, luckily, had too many of those people. Not to our faces, anyway. I think, out of all the conventions that we've done, and and we've done, you know, quite a few, I've maybe only had two people to my face say, like, oh, I I don't buy early access, and then they kind of walk off. Yeah. I'm like, well, fine. Yeah, and you know, I I mean, some of those people have to be the people that have the game on their wish list on Steam. Mm -hmm. And there's probably twice as many people that have the game on their wish list than have actually bought the game um which i you know without having something to compare it to i don't really know if that's good or not but it seems yeah. good it, hopefully we can convert them into people that actually buy the game later but but i yeah. feel like we've been lucky or it's or at least we've worked hard enough that it's been right a good experience people have been I try to be Positive. very transparent and open. I do streams yeah. on Twitch sometimes where I actually code the game and I show people stuff if they want to know, like, how does that work? And I'll mm-hmm. just I'll um, show the, them. The Trello boards are public, so yeah. people can go and vote on what they think, you know, we should work on next. Mm-hmm. Which they appreciate that. Yeah. How's and the process been with, like, dealing with... Because you basically have a community now, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you mentioned taking their feedback and stuff. Of, like, how... How do you deal with them? And well, I mean, like I said, I try to be as open as possible, and they're usually pretty understanding for that. Like, even if I say, like, hey, sorry, I haven't put a patch out in the game. I've been working on some background things, and, you know, you guys probably won't notice it, but it's going to make the game way better. Like, you know, they're not going to notice that the levels in multiplayer are now infinite, whereas before they were finite. Yeah, um, and I think the community involved with our game is... is great well i try to cultivate that you know yeah. like i always yeah, tell people exactly. to be nice to each other and <laughs> yeah you uh, kind of you kind of dad them yeah you know? absolutely even if they're no way older running. than me yeah that, yeah but like that one guy that said that he had been playing for so long he forgot to take his heart medication <laughs> yeah it was like this old guy and yeah he had left that comment on our boards and we were like please don't do that like, yeah. Yeah. black ice kills old man yep Yep. More at 10. Mm-hmm. Don't want any of that. But, but you know, I, I feel like the community, we haven't had to, luckily, police it mm-hmm. too hard. You mm-hmm. know, everybody's been swell. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like any early access game, I have people that will play for a while and get bored, but then they come back later when I do a big content update. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, sometimes they bring friends with them. And that's really good. Yeah. And... You know, I, I tried to set everything up to where it was an easy buy. Like, they would feel confident in buying it. So, like, you know, I started the game out at $5, and it'll be $20 eventually. But, mm-hmm. you know, the more content I add, the more... Yeah, it's more at $15 it's right now. Right. Yeah, so, you know, as more gets added, I mm-hmm. the price little by little. And Yeah, telling people that, you know, like, I'm not going to do any sort of microtransactions. Like, people like that. Uh, except that one guy. I did uh, have a kid. <laughs> this is a great story. At uh, uh, RTX, he got young, like 15, 14, you know, around that age. And he played the game and loved it. And he asked me, like, 
so what's what's next for the game? Like, are you guys going to come out, you know, with new stuff? And I said, yeah, we're you know, we're always working on it. You know, we've got all these kinds of cool weapons ideas and stuff. And he's like, cool, cool. So that'll be like a DLC. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, we'll just update the game. And he was like, well, no, but I mean, like, like DLC, like, can I get like weapons? And I was like, no, you'll get that. It's just going to be a free update to the game. And he was like, but... Like, if I want those things, like, you're not going to do, like, DLC. And I was like, no, it's going to be a free up. Just couldn't wrap his head around no DLC. So that's I, that was, like, my first, like, oh, no, it's happening. Like, how are we going to, these poor kids. <laughs> I, I wonder how people on console are going to react to it. Like, I, that's a good question. Right. Yeah, we're, we're going to start real soon working on console stuff. And so that's going to be a whole nother community of yeah very very different community is uh showing development kind of open people's eyes to how games are made and stuff like have you noticed that within the community at all or to some extent yeah um yeah i feel like when you do dev streams you get a a lot of people interested in developing their own games right and garrett's always really going back to the dad thing really nurturing of anybody who even like hints at that they want to make games garrett's always really quick to be like you can here's how and then just like well i didn't think that i could do that and if if people hadn't encouraged me you know Mm -hmm. like i i just messed around with it my friend put me up to it and you know and then i posted on uh slash r slash game dev and then somebody made like a youtube video of himself playing my game and i was like holy shit like this is crazy (laughs) like i don't know if i'd really seen lots of let's plays before then too so that somebody did one of my game was like really crazy yeah Yeah. it was a big deal and it was really encouraging Mm -hmm. so i'm still friends with that guy the dev streams i feel like that's been great for for people to see how it's done and see kind of how non-threatening it can be i feel like it's if you if you don't know anything about making games it it sounds daunting it sounds like oh that's not it like i was saying earlier like it's a fantasy job it's like oh i couldn't possibly make games that's for those people but yeah the dev stream definitely helps like no you can be that person like you can you can make games too (laughs) yeah Sometimes they help me fix bugs too, like they, <laughs> which is really nice. <laughs> they, they double check me a little bit. Yep. And yeah, they're your QA basically. Yeah, Steam Steam is my QA. I actually I do have the split version on Steam where there's the live version and there's an in development version people can opt into if they want to help. You know, I say you know they're going to be more bugs, but it's the latest stuff, and mm-hmm. a lot of people only play on that. Like yeah. I've had a, a, a very large number of people opt into that. Uh, what was the reason for doing early access? Um, mostly because it's the kind of game that, like, since it's an RPG and it's designed to be replayable, um, it can benefit well from early access. And it's not like like a purely narrative game you wouldn't really want to do early access on because then people play it and wouldn't work out. Um, so, you know, it was that and just that, you know, it's a hobby and I... I mean, part of it was underestimating how long it was going to take me to put everything together. Uh, yes. <laughs> just, just to be perfectly honest. But also that um, it's it's just, it's well suited for it. And it helps because the more 
people that buy the game, you know, we've taken that money and put it back into, you know, taking the game to conventions and, you know, paying for more contractor assets. And that's been really great. Mm-hmm. It's also a multiplayer game, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. And that's been really, really fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think once we got multiplayer working, that's when things really started to to grow especially within the community especially at conventions because i feel like that's pushes a lot of our sales and a lot of our uh hype yeah people want to play with their people friends play with their friends and it's like a group of kids come by and one of them plays the game and likes it and then you know oh we also have multiplayer online and he like looks at his friends and his friends are like oh well, we'll get it too we can all play together we've had parents um play it with our kids we have a lot of kids that play the game young yeah kids, i mean i never we did not see that coming I never really intended it for kids but you know we've had people as young as five playing the game well mm-hmm. like yeah like holding their own like just going nuts with it which is which has produced a, a bit of a snag for me in the narrative because I wanted we to wanted to drop f bombs. Yeah, I cuss <laughs> a lot in real life, so I was like, obviously, it's gonna be a lot of cussing in the game, and not anymore. If you had any filter, we thought about that, like parental controls. We thought about, um, well, you thought about because I hated the idea of doing like a made up curse words. And I hate nothing more mm-hmm. than yeah, well, yeah no, <laughs> no also, more puns. I also like Battlestar Galactica, exactly, so I wanted to I say frag. So, no, um, ugh, I hate it. I hate it. Just, I'd rather you just not cuss. I mean, frag would be all, great for a uh, for you know like de- even, defragging. It's not and, happening. You know. He's not in charge of the story. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> Terrible. No. So, but yeah, find like, and replace. <laughs> yeah, but the kids uh, playing the game is is always really cool. So yeah, we'll have a lot of parents. Um, you know, especially at RTX, saw a lot of people coming by and getting the game and wanting to play it with their kids. They would buy copy for them, copy for the kids, and and they go off to play it on multiplayer. And multiplayer has been great. And people are always really surprised that we a have multiplayer at all because you know we're an indie early access game, and b that you can have as many people as uh, how many is it? Ten. Ten. Ten players yeah. can play. I mean, with no problems. Most games will limit you to four players. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's not any reason for that beyond that on a console you can only have four local players, right? Mm-hmm. And I really like playing games with more than four people. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like you know, I played a lot of Diablo two, and that had eight people, and I remember playing you know Quake and Starcraft and all that with a bunch of with a bunch of people, you yeah. know, land parties and whatnot. And mm-hmm. So kind of harkening back to that sort of like getting a big group together and hacking things. Yeah. A good feeling. It's also fairly chaotic by nature. So the more people you have, the more chaotic it gets. And the more sparkles. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. That's good. More glitter. Mm-hmm. Um, is black ice a cyberpunk term? Yes. Or the name? Yes. Yeah. So it's it's actually a pretty common cyberpunk term. Um, it's so ice stands for intrusion countermeasure electronics, and black ice is the kind of ice that'll kill you. So originally the game was more of a roguelike, actually, mm-hmm. where um, you know you still can't, you still don't heal naturally in the game. Like you heal when you level up, and you can heal from items, but you can't. You don't just like naturally heal up like a lot of games. Like it's not like Halo where you stand up. Um, so it's very um and it was only permadeath before and a lot of people didn't like that and i realized that i really wanted to play with items and make up a lot of cool items 
And I feel like if you're going to have all these cool items and building up interactions between items, you're building this perfect character, you don't want to have the game be by default permadeath because people aren't going to be playing long enough to see the cool to stuff the you cool, could yeah. do. Whereas now they've got all sorts of crazy builds. Yeah. So the the black eyes, you still die. Like, you can still be killed, but you come right back and you have all your items and you don't lose any levels. Unless uh, you're playing on permadeath. Right. You, we have that option. But... I think the only the only penalty on death is you lose a little bit of credits. Credits, yeah, a little bit of money. People really like that. There's no people. Also, that's another thing people are surprised by. I guess because they see it and they think it's true roguelike, and then they some don't. people call it a roguelike. Yeah, which, which they is shouldn't. weird. <laughs> um, I, you know, you can play it like that if you want, but that's not really how it's intended. Yeah, I. I thought about adding a roguelike mo- mode, but please don't let me do that. No, I won't. That's not happening. <laughs> It'll take forever. Don't worry. <laughs> How long have both of you been working on the game? Uh, I started doing it full-time right before we moved back. Um, so not very long at all, just within this year. Um, but I've been doing nights and weekends probably about two and a half years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's been a while. And, you know, there have been periods in there where... You know, we were visiting family for a long time or, you know, just needed to take some time off when I I haven't been able to work on it then. But then there have been other times where I'm spending every waking moment that I'm not at work uh, on the game on the game. And, you know, that's that's not great. That's not something to to emulate (laughs) anyone who's listening. Don't do that. Um, Sometimes I'm sometimes I encourage him to like, no, go do it. And it's usually, um, when football's on, cause I'm a, I'm a football person and he's not. So if I know like he has no interest in watching this game, I'm like, no, it's Monday night. Why don't you go code? And he's like, Oh, okay. You don't want to hang out. I'm like, no, I'm going to be watching football. Okay. I'll code. So then, <laughs> so then he goes. So, right. so that works out nicely when I, when I've already got plans, it's easier for him to, to code, but I think you balance it better than you think you do. <laughs> not a lot better than you think it's here, but a little it's, bit <laughs> and it's it's kind of terrifying to think about if i was doing it full-time where i relied on it for you know to eat no because <laughs> yeah i mean like i don't know my dad's a bit of a workaholic um i could fall into that and it's funny i kind of have the opposite um feeling toward my day job <laughs> because you know like i used to i used to work really hard at my day job and i would work late all the time and then you know i got laid off from that day job and you think about it corporations don't care about you (laughs) they um you know the ceo of a corporation's he can be fired if he doesn't fire you Mm -hmm. if it's good for the company Mm -hmm. so you know it doesn't matter who you're friends with um so i don't know i I don't hold out hope that a big corporation is going to care that I've worked a whole bunch of extra hours. They only care about what you've done, what you've finished. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if they're not tracking it, which they don't. So, yeah. Not to say that he's not good at his day job, because he is. <laughs> he works very hard, and you're yeah, very, we don't have to very good engineer. tell my day job. But, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, I don't know. I'm not, like, anti-corporation, but I'm not... Um, I'm not anti-corporation, says the guy who made the game about hacking corporate servers. But corporations definitely can be evil. 
And certainly within the cyberpunk universe, they have to be. Like, that's yeah. that's part of that. That yeah. is cyberpunk. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think it's fun when they're cartoonishly evil. Which they definitely are in Black Eyes. Yeah. One of the corporations are the people that made the rent too damn high. And, uh... Mm-hmm. Lots of things like that. Yeah. Terrible jokes. Dad jokes. Dad jokes all over this game. Ugh. Uh, <laughs> how's it been working together on the game? <laughs> um we we have some fun arguments about that we uh, have oh they're fun oh okay they're fun arguments uh it's been it's been interesting definitely interesting well you would have put microtransactions in it. i love <laughs> the idea of microtransactions and honestly it started out as just trolling him and saying like let's do let's charge people for ram because like ram is like kind of like your stamina in the game like your energy that you use to to hack and shoot and all that kind of stuff and then the more i think about it the more i'm like that's how we make the millions that's how we buy <laughs> the big no house. one would buy or play the game uh oh no okay yeah tell that. that to all the zillions of people who play clash Can clash of clans and I had Liam Neeson in their well, you're kind commercial of in a weird situation because you already released the game for money so yeah yeah yeah, I would, I would, I don't know how I would make it work, but I would. <laughs> and we'd have to sink millions of dollars into TV ads to get people playing the game in the first place. Yeah. And then it, it's, I mean, I, I find free-to-play games and the mechanics they use to get people to buy things fascinating, but uh, it's so evil. Not anything you would want to do, I guess, yeah. with your game. No, I think most of, it's been interesting to see working together on the game has made me realize how different we are about what we like about games because mm -hmm. it's it's almost like on the face you're like oh you like games i like games right. we're compatible yeah. but no you can i mean we both love video games but we both love completely different things about video games we love different types of games mm -hmm. and it's not something you really realize until you're talking about it in depth and one person says oh do you think this is cool for the game and then the other one says no and then you're mad <laughs> at each other so it's on to be fair it's usually me telling garrett that's a dumb idea and he's you know no it's not it's really cool and i wish i could think of any of them i've blocked them all from <laughs> i just wanted to put fireworks up in the main menu oh god he wanted fireworks in the background and it's like just give you something to look why? at like and it's it's uh... Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of that it, kind of stuff. And she's right that it doesn't quite set the tone because I do want people to be afraid when they start up because you start very weak and I want you to know that, you know, cyberspace is dangerous and if you make a misstep, you're just going to die. Um, because when you have that dread combined with an RPG, like you then get stronger and you can go back and you know it's it's a great feeling to overcome that and kill something that has killed you before yeah and that i get i think a lot of the where the disagreements come from is that i don't know how to code and i don't i don't know any of how to do any of what he does so i feel like a lot of the things he wants to add to the game it's because he knows how to do it and that excites him and it's like cool i know how to do this thing therefore i should do it and put it in the game and i don't yeah, see the that. fun yeah exactly like i don't see the fun in making it so therefore i disregard the end product mm -hmm. 
I think that comes a lot of the disagreements. Also, I'm coming from the the business standpoint and you're coming, you know, you're the developer and I'm the the business guy. So it's a lot of like I don't suit. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the sun suit exactly, the shark. And so I kind of don't I kind of focus more on the bottom line and I'm like, you know, I I really appreciate him just cutting the bullshit and just getting the game I feel like he wants to add too much. Right. That's all of our arguments. You is... have to be like a producer. Exactly. I have to be like, why don't we not add these 10 things and instead make the one thing we've got better? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't always have to be either or. We can make the one thing better and add 10 things, but maybe not all at once at the same time. I mean, yeah, and scope is something that I definitely try to manage. It's it's a constant struggle. Yes, definitely. The to-do list helps. And having the community that's yeah. so good and so vocal... It's Help. nice to be able to put something on my to-do list mm-hmm. and say to myself, I'll do that later, and then maybe I won't. Like, mm-hmm. that's okay. <laughs> Some of these crazy ideas probably won't be doing. But... The community is full of crazy ideas. Yes. And they're positive, but then they also kind of screw me because his, okay, here's, here's his nasty trick. He will come to me and say, what do you think about this idea? And I will say, uh, I don't like it. I don't think... People are going to like that. Well, because I already asked Twitter and everybody loves it and thinks it's great. And I'm like, you didn't want me to put the hey, disco ball. Why did in you it? ask me in the first place? You didn't, you didn't like the think, disco ball. That's first. true. I didn't like the disco ball. I didn't think we needed it. I didn't think we needed everybody it. Everybody loves the disco everybody ball. Everybody loves the disco ball. And it's the sort of thing where, like, our community is great. They're always on his side because, well, obviously, he's the only one that talks to them. I'm, I'm not, you know, they're not following me on Twitter. They're following him on Twitter. They're following the game on Twitter. Um, so they're all, they're only ever hearing his side of things, first of all. But no, def- and then of course you're hyping it. You're not saying like, hey, does this silly old disco ball sound fun? Probably not, right, guys? No, it's like, look at these lasers, and isn't my wife boring? And yeah, so. <laughs> but yeah, the community's definitely screwed me many a time with their like, yeah, that's cool, go for it, Garrett, add all these things. And I'm just like, okay, I'll be over here. Never mind. <laughs> Have you thought about getting more involved with the live streams and stuff? Um, I keep telling okay, her. Okay, I get very oddly. Um, I tried doing. Uh, we started doing, which we need to do more of them. Um, these things called ice side chats, which is kind of like a weekly for people who can't make our Monday stream. Um, it's just like a recap of basically patch notes yeah. and then also like or people that don't things that we've got coming out coming out soon yeah people that don't follow me on twitter and don't see the updates like yeah know. exactly so it when we conceived this idea it was going to be me doing these videos and so i sat down at my computer and i had my microphone and i got so uncomfortable like this is fine because i'm talking to people and i'm interacting with people but just me trying to like do a video or i was i deleted like 20 files of me like hey guys i'm christine the head writer of delete uh hi guys nope like just constantly oh i'm getting sweaty just thinking about it and i don't know why i'm not a shy person really i feel like i'm an extrovert but 
No, couldn't do it. I tried streaming once, and it was a horror game, and then Garrett scared me, and I'm on purpose to make <laughs> oh, the viewers man. laugh. That is a great video. video I think it's probably exist. still on Twitch yeah, somewhere. I think we, it was. Uh, I was highlight. doing Outlast. Something like that. Uh, yeah. Mm -mm. Um, so never you did that again. You can see me just sneaking up in the back. Yeah, but... <laughs> awful. But no, I mean, I, I, I would, I do want to engage more with the community online but i'm more of an in-person person, person. Mm -hmm. so I, I feel like not to toot my own horn but i crush it at conventions so that's kind of like my time to shine like actually shaking hands pointing at the game talking to people interact like that's kind of that's how i interact with the community the online stuff the twitter and the the youtubes the memes that's steam you. forums you can post on them i could i won't <laughs> I'll, I will, I'm sure. And also See, because I feel like nobody knows who the fuck I am. Yeah, like, I'm you a, just introduce yourself. I can introduce you. Yeah, but it's kind Since of like... the suits aren't connected it's, with it's the almost, fans. I feel like That's why they like, want to add DLC. <laughs> they don't know what makes the fans happy. <laughs> oh, no. I feel like... It's like exactly the times, what it is. Especially on, like, Reddit, like, <laughs> cat shush. Um, when I post on Facebook, um, it's as black eyes like it's as mm. a, the as a game but when i post on reddit it's like me and i think like it says like head writer right. and it feels very like like i almost like imposter syndrome like i I feel like who am i to be like hey guys i, I i'm this person it's just a weird feeling and i don't know if that's why i don't like online that's, interaction that's actually, I prefer, yeah that's imposter syndrome okay i prefer in-person interaction way more than have you thought Twitter. about throwing him on in like a live stream or something like that? I no no. <laughs> you just I planted keep, the seed. <laughs> I keep saying you should come and co-host with me I, I, and just talk to people while I code yeah. or it might be easier because I'll have you there yeah. talking to. I don't think I could stream by myself. Or join me in multiplayer Monday. Yeah. Football though. Nah. <laughs> we'll yeah. move it to you Tuesday. Don't care. It's and I'm fine. and I'm in a fantasy league, so like I really have to watch all mm. the games and mm. it's very that's it's business. That's business stuff. Has it been stuff. difficult to separate, I guess, the game from, like, the relationship sometimes? Yes. Like... <laughs> yes. That's been... What, that's are been we talking time, or are we talking, like... Everything. I feel like, going back to, like, how we argue over things, mm -hmm. it's not two co-owners of a company arguing about work. It's a husband and wife arguing about their lives oh you don't want me to do the grappling hook that's one of the things you don't want me to do okay. fucking oh grappling hook think about you're how cool kidding that would be. me right now that you just oh, remembered the thing everybody wants the grappling hook grappling hook is a stupid idea and how how would you this see this is an argument we'll have right. after you leave but what yeah see but it becomes like a, a me versus him and it, it shouldn't be and then you know we're new to this we're new to working together that'll get better i hope <laughs> not not freaking out at each other not taking it personally which i'll admit that's that's a me thing i take everything personally garrett's much more chill he's probably the most laid back person i know uh eric okay garrett's the second most laid back person <laughs> i know our, our friend our... eric is yeah so he played really throw chill. trucks with your mind and you know how it's have you played that game it's does it use that headset? Yeah. yeah. I've played something like that. Yeah, you've got like a concentration meter and like a focus meter. His focus was like off the charts on that thing. And 
so Eric is the guy, um, he goes by non-a-decimal. He made the Social Justice Warriors game, and uh, he's got a game on Greenlight now, but he's going to be helping us do some plot stuff too. But Yeah, he's doing procedurally generated. Procedurally generated plot, which we think is going to be really cool. really, yeah, I'm excited to see how that goes. Yeah, because, I mean, the game's designed for replay, so it doesn't make sense that you'd be able to run out of narrative content. Um, so we're going to procedurally generate it. Oh, and one of the things that... I didn't talk about when we were talking about narrative is that the the whole story itself is going to be optional. Um, so you can actually turn off main quests mm-hmm. if you want. And that's because partly because the game's already established. It already has a community of people that like it, but also a lot of what I found talking to people at conventions is people like that black ice is the kind of game that they can just like play piecemeal and chunks over short bursts of time yeah that's um, very intentional we've had a lot of i set it up that way people for people with, that don't have time um, people with babies especially or young children who can't invest you know can't put the time into games like they used to like they can't sit down and wait for you know the save screen or wait for the next you know cutscene to be done and then wait for the griffin to fly to baby. iron forge yeah like they can't like you know i need to stop this game now and right. and do grown-up things and so I don't want to take that away from from our players. So we're going to have it to where they, they can do the quests if they want. And, you know, if, if you're the kind of person that likes story and, and likes that in games, you'll have it. And if not, then you don't have to worry about it. You can just play. You can just hack buildings all day if you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what a lot of people didn't like about Diablo 3 was that if you wanted to play it at a high level, you had to go through and play all of the quest content over and over again. And... You know, despite it being a AAA game with high production value and the content was, you know, fine, you play through it 500 times, you're going to start thinking it's really stupid. Yeah. So we don't want that. We don't want, I I don't want people thinking that my stuff is stupid. (laughs) So give them the opportunity to just ignore it all together. That's probably a good idea. (laughs) Y'all ever thought about doing a game jam together? We were going to mm-hmm. um, we recently. Want, we wanted to do duplicate for uh, Fantastic Fest, and then at that point, we were just really overwhelmed with. We were just starting to do all this stuff to form the company, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, Black Ice. I think you'd had a couple major bugs that really needed attention. Yeah, it just kind of it, it wasn't a good time for us. Um, but it's definitely something I I want to do now that I'm working on the game full time. Yeah. It's something I want us to do. Maybe that'll be a nice break from the constant black eyes. I want to teach you to do more code stuff, too. Oh, I made a game. He taught me um, Scratch. Scratch. The yeah. Okay. So uh, he he started with our niece. Uh, she's nine now. Um, taught her, you know, how to code with Scratch. And she made a little game. And Garrett's been just begging me since forever, since, you know, before I think he even made Black Eyes. He just wanted me to learn how to code. Uh, and finally I sat down on Scratch and I made, um, a game called Snarf Wants a Snack. So it's Snarf from Thundercats, uh, who's one of my favorites. So being a terrible suit and, and doing copyright infringement right off the bat. Yeah, right off the bat. Just don't care. I own Snarf now. And, uh, Snarf is in the forest and he wants a snack. And so basically it's, there's like three snacks and you just guide him with your mouse and he eats three. And then he just says, I'm stuffed. And then that's it. Um, it's great. Um, it's probably it's the a very best game f- our company has put out. I'm not going to lie, it's free. It's a very fulfilling 
Gross. conclusion. See, you see, this is this is every business meeting is just like here's a list of puns, and then the worst part is. Uh, oh man, I crowdsource puns on Twitter now. Yep, it's next the level puns punning. Come first. <laughs> the ideas, like weapon ideas or enemy ideas, come after he thinks of a good pun, and he's like, "This pun is hilarious. How can I make that into something in it's, the game?" It's usually the mechanic comes first. No, it's not. Not, not always. That's a lie. But, yeah, Snarf Wants a Snack is great, and it's obviously not enough coding skill to where I could do any development You'd for, be like, surprised. a game jam You game. could do some stuff. If there's, like, a scratch-only game jam, like... I'm all over it. <laughs> Snarf Wants a Sequel. That'll happen. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um... I just don't have any more questions. Is there anything you guys want to talk about, or we can just wrap it up if you want? Uh, no, I think that's everything. I can't think of anything else. You? I mean, if there's anybody out there thinking about getting into game development, it is easier than you think, and there are people that would be willing to help you and give you tips. Like, I love talking to new game developers about you know what they're doing and you know they're just like how do i do steam like how did you get on steam mm-hmm. it's like well you know go on green light you do this stuff mm-hmm. and uh and i think mm-hmm. we're a good example of bootstrapping absolutely of just getting in there and doing it i had i had no you know like i said before i you know i have an english degree i was a high school teacher like i had no experience in this you know i, I had to teach myself how to do everything how to run a company how to how to email companies or corporations and how to talk to people and make business contacts and i just had to do it and you know you learn yep and same thing with you in game development i mean you know you you've got the degree that helps i never made any real games before like yeah and so you just you watch a lot of youtube videos and you pay attention to people that make cool stuff and you know you pick up things here and there Mm -hmm. Like screen shake. Yeah. Don't be afraid to to take things slow. Don't expect. Oh, know. yeah. Like, don't ever compare yourself to anyone else mm-hmm. because you don't know how many years of experience they have. You don't know how long they've put into this game. Yeah. You know, the only valid comparison is what you did yesterday because today you're better. You know? I like that. It's nice. Um... You all want to do your plugs, like Twitter and yeah. stuff? Yeah. Um, so I'm on Twitter, uh, at ChrisChrisTX. Yeah, that's uh, the important one. It's that's, that's my personal Twitter, but I feel like I do tweet enough about the game that <laughs> follow me. Um, also, I just want more followers than Garrett. I also tweet about lipstick and football and snacks and my cat, pictures of my cat. Um, so that's good. But at Black Ice the Game is the Twitter that there you, you go. should actually follow. Yeah. <laughs> Black Ice is on Steam, Itch.io, uh, Humble Store, and uh, Indie Game Stand. Mm-hmm. Coming to a convention near you. Mm-hmm. We'll be doing PAX South. We'll be doing uh, Gamer X3. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, Haven Con here in Austin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Classic Game Fest here in Austin. We'll probably um, do RTX again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Maybe we'll get into South by it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? That one's... I need to work on that. Yeah. Yep. And uh, let's see what else. Um, oh, the actual game's website is Super Duper GC, Super Duper Game Company, or Super Duper Garrett Cooper, if you're going for that, uh, .com. 
and my Twitter handle is at SuperDuperGC. Oh, you can plug your personal Twitter, but I can't plug my personal Twitter. Yeah, plug the game first. That's fair. That's the important part. Yeah. At Black Eyes the Game. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for doing the podcast. Thank you for having us. It was fun.